You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, well, let's uh, get a motor on with this one this week. Uh, m- Sunday, June the 13th, 2010. This is after the show 126. And last week, I did say the, the entire show that it was after the show 124 when actually it was 125 so uh excuse me for <laughs> that you so, confuse people this one is uh after the show number 126 the movie we're going to be looking at this week is the book of eli on blu-ray di- blu-ray disc it's a 2009 well actually it's a 2010s movie 2010 blu-ray release comes out on blu-ray this tuesday the 15th of june it's on blu-ray dvd or what we looked at was the Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, combo disc special. So all of it in one box. Um, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and you're going to tell us what the movie is. Okay. <laughs> With a mouthful of toast? <clears throat> mm. It is a... I don't like to use the term post-apocalyptic, but that's what people that are That is what it. it is. So it's that and a man on a mission to get himself... And uh, his backpack that has a book in it, West. Hence and the book of he Eli. He doesn't explain why or what or anything. And in the process, we're basically following him and seeing the the aftermath of whatever happened. And how people live. And it's all questions of humanity. How do you rebuild? What's important? Are we savage? Are we civilized? You know, is there... Is, does faith have a place really in humanity? Do we need it to rebuild? All that. And so it's the man, you know, it's the traveling man. Walk quietly with the big stick kind of a thing. <laughs> like Kung Fu. Kind of. Kung Fu meets um, Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. Uh, all right. So, yeah, because Kung Fu is spiritual. Do you feel like Mad Max is what our generation when fut- and what define as a post-apocalyptic kind of a movie story? And we always have that planned in our minds, like you said, with the trucks with the armor, and yeah. that has defined for us. It does, yeah. What it looks like, and we have no fucking idea what it looks no, like. No, but films, including this one, seem to take that look on, don't they? Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that is the, you know, perhaps it is the most. We would try and protect ourselves with armor and. Found objects. Yeah, so perhaps it would be that. Well, it would be that, wouldn't it? Because that's all they'd be. We'd not be manufacturing new things. It's just movies, so I don't know. Well, I mean, it's after (laughs) that. There wouldn't be new cars being produced. You'd be in old cars. Okay, you might need an old car to go across the desert, so it might be tooled up with bigger wheels and, you know, people... MacGyver stuff. So, so, yeah, The Book of Eli, uh, Denzel Washington, Hughes Brothers movie. Hughes Brothers are famous for the Menace to Society movie, um, which I really love, by the way. And I'm not really into kind of hood kind of films, but that one I think is really good. I think you might have seen it. I don't think I have. I think you have. I think I've shown it you. It's the one with the liquor store thing at the beginning. Nope. It's pretty violent. It's really good anyway. It's it's my favourite of all those kind of... There was a time... When was it? By early 90s, right? When mm-hmm. hood, these movies about... Like Boys in the Hood. There was quite a lot of different ones. But it was one of the standout ones. Anyway, uh, this movie has the same kind of gritty, realistic kind of tone as that movie. Um, oh, right. 
in terms of the gunplay in here and the like. See, I find it highly stylized. I don't find it, it is really stylized because of the um, post-apocalyptic feel, but the gunplay, which there is some in this movie, it sounds like real guns being fired. Um, it's not. It's. It's like a. It's, in fact, there is a scene in this movie that mimics a scene in Manchester Society, which I won't spoil. But it's. They obviously they have a style that they've carried through here, um, and I really liked this movie. I loved it. I, I like this. See, I've come to over the terms of watching movies over the time. I've come to know that this this kind of movie I really like because my recommendation for this week was the last one I watched in this style. And I love that one as well. So I just like this... What do you mean this kind of movie? Post-apocalyptic. Right. I like the idea of um, our world. Not like an alien world. Our world. That we recognise with landmarks and things. Like in this movie. Being trashed, you know. Do you Spe- like it because of that? Just sort of the shock factor of seeing Statue of Liberty you know, sticking up no, out, of the, out of the beach? Or just, do you like just questioning... What are we really about? No, just because I, it's more recognisable than like a... I mean, you relate to it, don't you? Like I know, that's what I'm saying. Do you like just seeing our world ripped to shreds? Yes. Because it's like stylized and shit? No. Or do you like... Well, that's what it is, though. I mean, I like seeing... You don't a, know what it's The reason I like watching like end of the world movies is because I like seeing the world ripped to shred. But reason... you, so you don't care about the ideas involved? About like humanity rebuilding or if we should or do we deserve it? I do. Faith? And that's what this movie's about. Yes. Yeah. But... Firstly, for me, I like the post-apocalyptic. It, the ideas in this movie are my least favorite part, because um, there's it's a lot of uh, spiritualism and mm-hmm. stuff, which I'm not particularly that type of person. But I can also take away a bunch of other stuff from this movie, you know, as well as that, because it is a good action movie. It's I don't know if it's based on a comic book or not. I can't tell. And I, I tried to figure it out by watching the, the extras and nobody really said anything. And, there are uh, so many shots, though, that look like they're just peeled off the page yeah, of a graphic I think it's novel. Yeah, gra- I think it's from a graphic novel or a comic book series. If not, I'm mistaken, but I, I would go as far to say it is without even knowing. Because frames of this movie look like a graphic novel. Style of this movie looks like a graphic novel. They even took all the colour out of the movie, so it's mainly brown and... Brown and black, right? Um, it's like quite sepia. Yeah, all the time. Like there is, and not even stylized to a point as like it's all <laughs> the colors sucked out. Yet red is really yeah, it's bright. not like Sin City. They don't do none of no. that. It's just like completely devoid of color most of the time, which gives it an even more like. Oh my I guess post apocalypse, like we're talking no greenery, no water, so light reflecting off of everything is just deadened. There's nothing. Yeah, like, and because um, that's why everything in our world. Does look colourful, right? Trees and water and shit. Sky. Yeah, and it starts... The movie starts out with, uh, like, uh, nuclear winter or whatever you call it. Coming from the sky, right? Looks like it, yeah. Um, you know, fallout. Falling down. Uh, and that, you know, you don't see that further on into the movie. But it, the whole beginning of the movie, where he found the shoes and stuff... That wasn't nuclear fallout. That was leaves. No, the white falling. The it ash. Was, it was leaves. Was it? Yeah. White leaves. No, they were just leaves falling in the forest. Hmm. Why did he have the gas mask on? He was hiding. Yeah, I thought it was in the. I thought that was the fallout. Oh. And he was in the. 
So, okay, let's say that isn't that then. Well, no, but, it's interpretation, isn't it? Right. <laughs> See, that's why I thought he had. I thought that was a particularly bad place, and he had to have the gas mask oh, to survive right. there. I didn't think that at all. And I was, was just hiding in the woods, and the leaves were falling. In you know, the leaves fall out of our trees and fall. It's just crazy. That's what I it don't was. think that's what it was. I think it was fallout. I think you're wrong. Because this is a movie dealing with a. He took his mask off immediately. He wouldn't have done that. Yeah, but wearing a mask is not going to hide himself from a cat. Cat's not going to go. Don't look tell him what happens. Well, I'm saying no, he's, I disagree he's with hiding you. from a cat. You can watch it again. No, I think it's Fallout. But anyway, um, if it is or it isn't, I like the idea of Fallout falling, and I like the idea of having to wear a gas mask. But then it's not carried through. Like, um, yeah, like there's a part at the beginning of the movie where he finds some boots where I feel like it's really hard to breathe in the room because you can see all the dust particles yeah. and stuff. But then later on, nobody really. It it's not as bleak as that it, like it seems like everybody we forget about that fairly quickly wow I disagree with you completely I think every setting we go into is completely bleak but not in a breathing apparatus type of way I disagree because I feel like once I've seen that and I know that the only time you're seeing the dust is in the shards of light coming through the windows and whatnot, right so you know it's there from that moment on I felt every dwelling was just riddled with filth and stink and dust. So I like think they did all the dwellings just like I mean there's a lot of shots out of different movies uh, Good the Bad and the Ugly being one um, it's definitely styled like a western a lot of it um, mm-hmm. in fact the town that they reach in the middle of the movie is just like being in Deadwood or, mm-hmm. um, which is good so I think that's why I like post-apocalyptic because it is going back to the times of cowboys really but forward because um, you're back to like a simpler time. Um, you're back to. Wasn't life simpler before the Wild West? I think going back thousands and thousands of years, you know, but what we have to deal with. But what they but have. We already have guns and stuff, so we're, mm-hmm. we are a, after, a po- after a nuke, you're still going to have weapons, etc. So you don't go back any further than whatever was invented cars, radios. <clears throat> True. So, like. The point, the point being, though, is you're further on than the Wild West, but it's like the Wild West again. Because in the Wild West, nobody had cars, right? I guess I think of it, I don't even, I associate it, the Wild West, just because it's dusty and it's dirty and they're in, like, what looks like an old abandoned town, but it probably wasn't. It probably just got annihilated with whatever happened. And I think you're stripping everything away, so you just are left with whatever bits of weaponry, food culture that you have to cling to and then you know as this generation has gone on however many years later they've decided what things are and what they're you know I don't know I don't see it as a wild west thing except the theme the theme of course is sort of like venturing out you're going across a land that you have no clue and you're trying to make a new life and that's basically what in America the wild west was all about like exploring and danger and then also the question of, should we be? Do we have to tame the world again? Should we just let it, you know what I mean? Like, let us die off and, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nobody's trying to tame the world in this uh, movie. Um, apart from one person. Well, he's not even trying. It, it's, it's about spread of ideas, isn't yeah, yeah. it? It's not, I mean... It's about controlling it's the literally population. Unfi- it's almost unfixable at a point. Like, the world... Like, when it's at this stage, this world, af- how many years after the nuke? 30. I think, yeah. Um, still screwed. Like, with no no semblance of it really coming back together yet properly. 
nobody's people are just surviving aren't they there's nobody thriving to build new buildings or anything it's just screwed so I don't think there's much when when these people on the extras talk about like coming back from it and stuff mm-hmm. I feel like we'd just kill each other out like or it would kill us like the disease and everything you know because the disease wasn't touched on that much here Mm-mm. which it normally is isn't it in this kind yeah. of movie people have radiation sickness but maybe 30 years later people wouldn't I don't know yeah, everybody who, knows, who died. knows where their science came from? Yeah, <laughs> that thirty years after nuclear, and it's not. Ju- I don't think it's just one nuclear bomb because as we're going across the countryside, there's a lot of yeah, destruction. The, you're not. It's not explained, but, but America has completely been wiped. Well, the yeah. flash they call it. So it's been nuked. I mean, it's obvious it's been. I think nuked. more than once. is what I'm saying. Yeah, like a World War Three type scenario. Who knows yeah. what and why. But yeah, it's an interesting scenario. And see, I feel like really bad even talking about all those details because I had no clue whatsoever. I did just from the title. To I had nothing. No, I had nothing. And I had nothing either. But the I mean, title nothing. just kind of. How could the Book of Eli tell you that it's post-apocalyptic? Oh, I'd seen the the, the um, cover. Yeah, but the not cover, me. Even the cover, which doesn't, no. I I got it from that. I didn't think anything from that at all. Yeah, I did. I was but, like, okay, there's a dude, and he looks like he has a sword in his backpack. That's all I could... Um, but I did nothing about that it. that was his uh, shotgun. Was it? Yeah, that's his shotgun, look. I thought that was his sword. No, it's his shotgun. It's got a trigger. It's his little mm. uh, sawn-off shotgun. Right. His sword's hidden under his coat. It's kind of interesting, because right. I didn't even know he had one. And then when he pulled it out, yeah, he does some... See, now we've told him he has a sword, too. He so does some... I don't like telling people stuff. Yeah, well... It sucks. He, uh, spoiler alerts. we'll do that. A little late for that. Yeah. So, um, no, all right, let's go into it a little bit, into the story, because we've been so vague, it's kind of... Um, so I think we're being very specific. No, so Denzel Washington's the guy, the hero of this piece, enters the frame, he is on his own, you don't really know, like the man with no name almost in Clint Eastwood's movies. He's on his own, he's wandering in the wilderness, and then he encounters, what does he encounter? People. Danger. No, I mean, the, it counts as something very specific. Oh, you want to tell... You mean the very first We just thing? said spoiler alert. We can talk about it a bit, right? Oh, I guess. I mean, do you want to just tell the whole movie? No. Oh, okay. Just the beginning part. I just think of it as he just encounters some serious danger where we get to see that he's not a man to be dicked around with. That's yeah. all I think of He's it. like a ninja. And that's all that first set, that first scene of that is about. Like, do not fuck with this guy. Because... He's on a mission. We don't know why, but obviously there's very, very big danger from other people because there's no food, no water, no resources. So, you know, it's like highway. Um, everything's like a booby trap or a trap. It's just like the Wild type. West, actually. In fact, I've been playing Dead, Red Dead Redemption recently, and there's a big trick in the game where you're riding down the road, and there's a female, and she's like in danger. And then you go, you stop to help her, and then three guys jump out from behind a thing and try and kill you. That's the one of the first encounters in this movie is something like that. And I was like, wow, this is this is like the Wild West, because that's an old trick, right? Used to do that in the cowboy days, right? I bet it came from before the cowboy days. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that kind of deal. Uh, yeah, dangerous all along the way. Women getting raped. Um, motorcycle gangs running rife. Uh, and then we meet the the bad guy, Gary Oldman. Yeah, who's but for some reason has has no right to have a British accent, even in post-apocalyptic America. <laughs> who is also on a mission, 
Yeah. The same well, as... he wants to rebuild everything, but yeah. he needs something, some kind of power, something to rally the people around, and so... But because right now all he's using is fear and intimidation. And I always think in movies like this, and in, and you think about history and life, when the dude who's in power is just a dude, right? He's just a man. Yet he has got everyone convinced to do his bidding, to do the bad things for him, to bring him the things he wants. We're talking about kings and conquerors and, you know... Obviously, 20th century bad men. Uh, then you've got Mussolini, Hitler. All those people. They're just a dude. But they've convinced people around them for whatever reason. Why doesn't anyone ever just kill them? Well, they do. There's uprisings. All, I know, often. but like as soon as that person starts being... You know what I mean? Like They're just they're a dude. There's often uprisings, though, where the, where the men who are being ordered suddenly like turn to each other and go, What the In fuck? What, Why ca- are we doing? what case is that? When was this? Because it doesn't seem all to times across history, lots of kings and no, I think it comes from outside. But heads a, of no a, one, but like as soon as someone starts telling you, "I'm gonna kill your wife and children if you don't do what I say," why don't you just shoot him in the head? I mean, I'm talking in that world, in I that circumstance, fear. fear, or is it we are actually super? We're just got a weird thing about us where we want someone else in control and not take on you know I mean because that's his deal isn't he's got his little world his little town where he's controlling it and it's really nasty you know people are scrambling and paying too much for water and everyone's kind of like Dennis Hopper in Waterworld Mm -hmm. same kind of deal and Waterworld's another movie of this ilk yeah did you see my recommendation no (laughs) yeah so uh, yeah kind of like that guy you know like everybody's scared of him and they'll do what they'll do what he says like and and those guys are always surrounded by dudes who don't seem to get it like all you gotta do is but there again these guys are not portrayed as the brightest individuals either so maybe they just don't they're just thugs yeah like they've just not got it in them they just do do it and blindly do it you know so because they get the benefit which is you get water women and food and I I won't kill you so you go out and do the nasty stuff for me yeah so this movie I think is excellent I highly recommend it but there's a couple of things I want to mention about it. First, it's got this awesome score. I don't know who it's by. Tells you in the extras. But it's like a... It's like a... It reminds me of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mixed with, like, a spaghetti western. Mixed with, like, aborigine music. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like this... It's hard to describe, but it's it wells up occasionally. And it really affects the mood of the scene. Um... That especially the beginning part where he's just walking and it's playing uh, and then there's this like awesome like there's a they come to this one point in the thing and these people have got this wind up gramophone yeah, yeah. and you know like in any of these movies somebody winds up a gramophone puts the record on and it's like old 40s music well it's like eight, 80s music ring mm-hmm. my bell it yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, it's like and it's, it was just an awesome little moment like where it was like You've seen this ten times before in other movies, but this one just feels... And then the whole scene plays out with Ring My Bell playing in the background. It's On a gramophone. So, or yeah, on a and then he listens to... He has his earphones. You know, so there is some cool music in the movie, too, as well as the score. Uh, and then second, the action scenes in this movie. There's one in particular that's filmed in, like, I said to you, like a one-shot. And it, I was watching it, and I was like, okay, when's the camera going to cut away from this? Or... I was looking for a cut. I was like, this is one of those... Like Scorsese does those long one-shots. 
It's one of those. But this is a trick one. It's got to be CG. It just seems... It did look very... Yeah. Like manufactured like something's and cool happening. at the same time. It, yeah, something like... what it, It's like a shootout scene, but it's all in one shot. So there's like... There's certain points in it where I was like, well, there's the CG part, but I'm not sure if it is or not. And then the guy in the extra said that, no, it's just a one shot. Yeah. But it, I mean, the planning that must have took. Because... It ain't going just a, through a window and between a couple of people and up into the gut of a... And then back out of the gun. house and then back in the house and then back out of the house. You know, it's all like... It's crazy to watch. It's like so it's like a shot I've never seen. It actually totally adds to the movie. You get your... You know, your totally adds to the going. movie, I think. Because yeah, yeah. it's not like... You're, you're thinking, oh, you're just going to see a shootout here. But you're in for so much more than a shootout. And it lasts like two minutes and it's like insane. There's... All kinds of stuff, explosives and, you know. So, yeah, I really love that action scene. And then several other action scenes in it where Denzel Washington just kicks ass. I did have one complaint of that scene because when um, someone threw the... There was a bomb involved. It landed over there, right? There, a few feet away from a vehicle. And yet, when the person who blew up the vehicle set it up, that vehicle blew up from the opposite end from the middle of it they wanted it coming like towards the camera I guess I know but it just totally looked completely yeah. unrelated and for that split second I was like ah why didn't you at least slide it under or something and then there was this awesome where she's rolling the where, yeah, yeah. rolling the grenade towards and uh, there's just some good stunts in the movie but it isn't necessarily an action movie because it's I can think of three action scenes really in the yeah. entire movie and the rest of it there's a couple of combat. I mean, hand-to-hand combat yeah. scenes. But it's so. not really like a balls-out action movie or anything. It's more of a... I don't know. Would you say... It's I guess of... it fits with the... His... The philosophy is... You don't raise your hand or... There is, it doesn't have to be violence unless you... Unless there has to be violence. And so in this movie, it's restrained a lot. And then when it does happen, it's like... Because he's obviously out. like a ninja. Because when he when he, <laughs> when it comes down to it, he can handle himself. Um, yeah, and he's like really brave too. Because he'll just is he brave? Because he has in his mind this idea or this faith yeah, that he is protected. Faith, I don't think that that makes you brave. I think it makes you act under the delusion of being protected, and so your actions become bigger and. You know, if you've got a big sword and a big gun and someone humans are around you, you might just knock them all down, which he does usually. <laughs> but I don't think it's bravery. I think he's just on his mission and he sees it as that. And it's like in his mind, it's a blanket of protection. Yeah, but I in guess life, people walk through life with that bullshit hanging over them too, don't they? What? That Mr. Somebody's Got the Back... I don't think it's bullshit. I think that's unfair. That's not what I mean. But that's what you just said. But I think it's it can make has... you it can make you <laughs> not make good judgment calls. Or it can make you super brave and stupid. I don't think it's brave. <laughs> no, I mean stupid, like almost stupid. Like like if you think, oh, uh, the Lord's got my back, and then you just blindly walk into like ten guys with guns, he's not going to have you back in that situation. I'm afraid, <laughs> unless having your back is you dying. So, you know, maybe it gives people that false uh, bravery, which is what Eli probably had. Because, <laughs> yeah, he was he was operating under the assumption that he... he his but it also gives got... him 
a certain kind of energy and resilience and an actual some kind of skill comes from him because he just does it so i don't think it's bullshit to live that way i think it's bullshit in this real world outside of movies where people think when their child gets sick that they don't have to go to a doctor because god will heal them and then the child dies and mm. they go they go oh well god didn't want them to live that is bullshit but we're talking about a movie here <laughs> so yeah but it's a know. movie about that subject so that's mm-hmm. what i was getting at so um the cast of this movie, we've got Denzel Washington as Eli. I think Denzel Washington's good in anything he's in. Pretty much, yeah. I think there have been times when I was, a, it was a little left flat, but I think he's always intense, you know? Even the last one we watched with him in, um, which wasn't a particularly great movie, uh, Taking of Pelham 123, mm-hmm. he was still the best, probably the best thing about it. I mean, he was, he always gives a real solid performance, even if the movie's slightly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that John Deja Q. Vu. Or that John Q even. Yeah. Even if it's slightly... The movie's not great. Because he doesn't... I don't feel like he has the best choices all the time of what movies he does. I mean, he's done some amazing movies, right? Like Malcolm X. Man on Fire. Uh, Man on Fire. Um, I don't feel that he chooses... Training Day. Training Day. Was I feel sometimes he chooses ones to, you know, fill the wallet. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, he's done some amazing movies. I don't know. I think if you think about the ideas of those movies, I think that's why he chooses them, along with the paycheck. They don't all come off. But I think he probably always has a reason. I don't know. But uh, yeah, like, he's done some... I just think he's solid, isn't he? He's like, there's something about him as well, isn't he? He's a movie star, that's for sure. True. Uh, Gary Oldman plays Carnegie. Um, uh, Gary Oldman plays Gary Oldman basically I mean it's the menacing Gary Oldman that you saw in <laughs> Leon the Professional it's the same and Fifth Element yeah only without the same, the it's tick. the same um, performance almost but he does it really well let's say that I don't think it's the same performance at all I think it's an aged um, well yeah he's worn um, down but something but the it's different the, the particular thing Leon where he was, yells was insane <laughs> you know where he like yells or he, yeah uh, uh, that he literally does that when he does that I think in every movie doesn't yeah that's it? what I'm saying but it works is what I'm getting at um, I just love him I think I actually I think talking about Leon the Professional I just bought that yesterday nice <clears throat> Amazon had a sale on Blu-rays that one in particular and it was nine ninety nine. <gasps> the director's cut that movie is awesome and it was free shipping so I thought that's one of my favourite movies ever I think it's possibly along with True Romance and Pulp Fiction my fate they'd be my top three movies of the 90s to be honest I mean Leon is like which funny enough Gary Oldman is in True Romance as well yes he is briefly he's a direct drexel he's awful (laughs) he's good he's awful (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's quite kind of a different performance that's not your standard Gary Oldman no no that's kind of look out of a man stands next to a movie like that now look at her titties and his dreadlocks (laughs) and stuff uh, so yeah, Gary Oldman. I really liked him. I was glad his name was in, when I saw that when it said Denzel Washington, Gary Oldman. I was glad it. Was I didn't even know till he saw him in the movie. I think I said I it last week. I love that. I did mention it last week. So um, you mustn't have been listening. No, I wasn't. Uh, Mila Kunis <laughs> plays Solara. She's the weakest link for me in this movie. You are the weakest link. I'm not. Over, I'm not hundred percent fond of her in this kind of role. I don't know what it is. She might be too cute, too glamorous. Too okay. glamorous, maybe. She she seemed glamorous even... Like, I, I feel to... somebody in that situation wouldn't be glamorous at all. Like, none of it. And Jennifer Beale? 
Yeah. Also, but she's being she's but being that, kept. Yeah, she's being kept. Yeah, she's and, being and there kept. again, you could say this girl was for a while, but then when she's not being, she's still super glamorous. It's a, there's like a little bit of dirt on her. It's, yeah. That's kind of what I wanted it to be a bit more mucked up, but obviously they were like, no, she has to be hot. I'd like her to be a little fatter, but you know. It's post-apocalyptic. Yeah. So she, she's going to be skinny. <laughs> while her acting was okay, I, she I was... thought there were moments when I felt like I was you could have been a fly in that set when she's in her mind going, "Holy shit, this is Denzel Washington." Mm, I think that's I it. have to really, and she does. She like drops that thing that we saw like in Extract or whatever. You know, the sort of cute pouty. I mean, I like her a lot. It's not, just that I, I wanted like... her to be a little more. I just don't. Then again, think about her character. She's she's a young woman, maybe twenty years old. She's been raised only in this world, where there is no, like, nothing. Um, I don't know. Like she's an empty vessel of of culture of anything. I'm not sure what it is because I did like her in um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm-hmm. and I did like her in Extract, but in this. You wanted to just be a little more grungy. Roughed up, yeah. It didn't even have to be another actress. It could have been yeah, her, yeah. but I would have dirtied her up or made her look less attractive. That was. Do you think deal. the look is the thing, or is it? She's a little too. She's real. Um, it's also the vibe of her. I yeah, think. she's also very, really alert and really on top of things. Which you think in that situation, this young woman who's been raised by the bad guy, mm. basically would in be a grungy, horrible super town, naive or whatever. I don't know. Naive and kind of withered, and yet. You know, there's something about her that I it was my least favorite thing, and I mean, it should I mean, she's beautiful, it should have been my most favorite thing, right? I mean, I should have, as a dude, been going, Oh, it's Mila Kunis, I I love this, but unless you're going, Rough her up, yeah, rough her up, (laughs) put some dirt on her, put some dirt on her face, yeah, make her cry, make her think about something really sad and horrible so that she kind of takes the edge off of her wide eyed, like. Everybody oh, else is out there to conquer. literally everybody else who were in the predicament she was in outside mm-hmm. in the wilderness looked roughed up, but she didn't, and that's kind of what got me. I mean, Denzel Washington looks like he's never had a wash for like, I mean, he has a wash with a KFC wipe <laughs> I at love one point. That. I really do. Even washes his dick with the KFC because it's wipe. hysterical to think we used to, that used to be the thing when you got KFC, you made sure you had about ten packets of those because okay. We lived about 45 minutes away from Kentucky Fried Chicken. We would get Kentucky Fried Chicken. And if my mother didn't decide to put it in the trunk, so we didn't all just gobble it up on the way home, we would eat a couple of pieces. And we always had to have those out because as soon as you ate it, you'd be all greasy. And you always wipe and you could, you'd smell it like and wipe your So, <laughs> so when I saw them, it's Yeah, what's funny, in this movie, they use the KFC wipes as currency to buy things. Which Anything is, is currency. Yeah, but like, it's so funny that those... But when he showed them to the vendor, he was particularly interested in them. Yeah, because there's no soap. No. There's, you know. So, um, yeah, she maybe she used too many KFC wipes in this movie. Maybe. maybe. Was she was keeping herself too clean for so you. So Jennifer Beals, who you'll all remember from Flashdance. Yeah, but I can't... I can honestly say, as I was looking at her thinking, oh, that must be Jennifer Beals' daughter. Right. Because yeah, she's really... She's very well-preserved. I thought so, too. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, seriously. she And she's I liked her. Beautiful. I thought she was really good. Uh, she's blind in the movie, and I felt like it was convincing because you know there can be moments of questionableness, even yeah. in um, Red Dragon. You know the Emily chick mm. that you like, the British chick. There were moments because she's blind in the movie, but there were times when you're like, okay, I'll just blur my eyes and pretend she doesn't look like she's completely not blind. Right. But in this, I felt like she did an awesome job. 
Yeah, she did. Uh, and then Malcolm McDowell plays uh, Lombardi. He, um, he's not in it for long, no. but you know, it's great to see Malcolm McDowell in anything. And then another, I didn't write this down, but Michael Gambon is in it. Yeah. Who Top Gear fans will know. And <laughs> Or people who watch movies. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Frances Della Trot, she's like a famous English... Uh, yeah. She was in Rising Damp, actually, which was a very famous 70s sitcom in She England. was just in Aston Wonderland. She, she was, was crazy also aunt. in that, too. Uh, she shows up in here. And there was one more person who I wanted to mention who showed up, who... Is one of the thugs? Yeah, I, I thought I knew that thug guy, but then... His main guy, who was he? He seemed famous. Which guy? The main thug guy. Yeah, I don't know, actually. He looked famous to me. <laughs> Maybe those were the ones that I uh, was... No, that was it. So, directed by the Hughes Brothers, Menace to Society. They also directed From Hell, which I believe is a Johnny Depp movie, mm. wasn't it? I don't know. And Dead Presidents, which was also really good. Did you see that one? About the heist. Bank heist. I don't think so. I've I, heard of it. I like heist movies, so... Uh, that's also that's pretty you much... You mean like Point Break? What? No, it's called Dead Presidents. Dead Presidents, okay. yeah. Okay. They wear the president. Point Break, they wear the president masks they as well. They also do in uh, this one. Um, well, how creative. But it's like a bank heist <laughs> thing. Uh, it's a good movie. Um, from the early 90s, I think. Uh, the direction on this movie I really liked. I think... Um, it's very stylized. A little bit sometimes up its own ass with the whole so super stylizedness. But it's got an atmosphere you cannot deny, I think. Yeah, I just think the stylized is perfect for that. There's a lot of, to me, like almost holding your breath because you never know when danger you get the feeling very soon any moment and then you kind of put yourself like a lot of times you're behind a broken crappy window and you're watching something in slow motion and you just think of yourself like in this decimated place in time yeah you are at risk at every moment I got that vibe in fact it's almost like the shootout scenes are very video Mm game-ish like you know, they, they've got a, like a, I don't know, it feels like you're in, right in them. And second, like, the whole thing is uh, desaturated, like the whole movie. There's not, well, there's a little bit of colour at one point, but really briefly. Um, and at first, when I started watching it, and it's really desaturated, I was thinking, this is going to feel really um, what oppressive, mm-hmm. because of, because, and, and, and I was right, that's how it feels. But then you kind of get used to it, and then it adds to the whole thing. I think if it was colourful, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and your feeling of wanting it to lift is there as well. Like, wanting to get... to like, And when it doesn't, because the... it really doesn't, it it adds a more of a, this is hopeless, it's yeah, yeah. horrible... Yeah, you understand why people do what they do. You don't want to accept it. You don't want to think in that situation that people go to their worst nature... But it only takes one person in a disaster or in any situation to be the asshole. And then if you want to stop that person or fend them off, you have to you have to turn into the asshole too. You know what I mean? Like it seems that's hopeless. Yeah. It's like a zombie movie because no matter what you do, you have to you have to rise to the defend ourselves against the assholes who are going to try to take what they want and do what they want and you know, I so, got that feeling through the whole thing. Like at every turn, there's a booby trap. There's a bad guy. There's and, something. And then pre- pretty much was. Mm-hmm. So um, the Blu-ray uh, comes with the uh, digital copy and the DVD. So you and the Blu-ray disc. So you get all versions of the movie. Um, 
And then it does have quite a few extras. It has the Warner Brothers patented uh, maximum movie mode, which started with Watchmen. Uh, Sherlock Holmes had it, um, and that is a like a walk-on. What do you call it? The director comes on, and in the background, you see the movie, and they and talk then you about see it. picture in picture throughout the movie. Right. If you play it in this mode uh, of the making of onset um, storyboard comparisons, all that kind of stuff. Just You can basically watch the movie again and get a bunch more information about it. Um, and then it has something called Starting Over, which I said to you, I think I know what this is going to be, and then it pretty much wasn't. It was, yeah. It was uh, experts, I'm using quotation marks on my fingers. Um, One finger. <laughs> saying what would, you know... They're expl- talking about what what would how, humanity be like in a post-apocalypse. How they think we would behave, etc. Yeah, uh, so... I don't think it's far-fetched to try to imagine because we have war-torn countries in on this planet where people are in a constant state of trying to survive and hold on to their culture and their lives and their livelihoods while there are assholes trying to oppress them and take over the world with their own fucked-up ideas. So I don't think it's too... It's easy, easy enough to stand back and look at the way those humans cope with decimated areas and bombs and a constant threat of danger. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's too far-fetched, but when you start saying definitively, in a post-apocalyptic world, happen. humankind will. I just hate those certainly. kind of... I hate... <laughs> I've, we've seen that kind of extra a lot of time, not just about that subject, all kinds of subjects. It's my least favorite extra because you I... can speculate, though. I mean... Yeah, I just find it very... Bullshit? Almost. Like, it, the way they say it, it's just like... It's like the same we know over and over and over like it, like it feels the same every time but anyway it, it's there if you want it it lasts about 20 minutes it also but don't forget it also has the writer and the directors talking extensively it does, about which it is and a, bit... a lot of the players in the movie so that part I think is good because they're talking about did Denzel even talk in there don't think he did don't think so no and um, then you've got Eli's Journey probe... Denzel are you and he friends now yes <laughs> Eli's Journey probe the historical and mythological roots of the film's central themes similar type of mm-hmm. uh, thing another one of those uh, the book of Eli's soundtrack featurette which lasts about five minutes talking about the score and this is who the score was done by Atticus Ross you know when I said I didn't know earlier and then there's uh, additional scenes, which are not very good, to be honest. There's three of them, and ne- none of them are... I real. said, I feel like these directors might be quite economical, because there wasn't much to trim One was there. just a longer version of what was already there, and the other two were just, like, nothing, just cut. One I kind of liked, but I won't say it, because it's, it's an ending thing, so... Right. And then uh, the best extra on the whole disc, I think, is The Lost Tale Billy, mm-hmm. which is a animated comic book dealing with... Uh, Carnegie's prequel prequel like when he was a boy the bad how guy. he became how he is before and the world was before the world yeah was new and it's a really good little story <laughs> very good um, and I love that anime it's, it's not so. completely it's not totally um, you've never you've seen it a million times yeah of course but and you could have just decided that from knowing him being a but it's nice to have a little filler back in on the story um, and then you do from that brief thing you do and then you feel then you because we just watched the movie then watched it you go okay uh-huh. yeah but I mean yeah you could have filled that in that he had yeah. a bad um, upbringing um, and then there is digital copy like I said and DVD so uh, quite a few extras uh, I always prefer this maximum movie mode to a commentary because I like yeah I like the it. whole instead of just the commentary you know I like the whole uh, all the extra all the different 
behind the scenes looks. So uh, I highly recommend this movie. Do you? Yes. Um, I recommend it. I mean, there are going to be people who find it heavy-handed. and um, I find it heavy-handed myself. But I interpret it a different way. In a, yeah, in so a particular way. I pick out what I choose. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, what I think this movie is good at. Because the message that it's conveying is not particularly a message that appeals to me. Um, I mean, it's not a message that... And I disagree completely. My message I get is completely no, different. I've not finished. What I'm saying is the message that this movie deals in, mm-hmm. the main message, is not really a, a message that I'm mega interested in but there's other messages in there also and you know you say you take away different things yeah I think they're using a symbol of something and that's what you're clinging your your interpretation on no I'm, I'm saying, not I'm taking away from that I'm, what I'm saying is I know that that's their main the yeah sim- but I don't I disagree I don't think that's the main message and I, I think don't the think main so message either. is no I don't think that that's what you just said no I've not finished <laughs> keep, but what I'm saying is that there's a message in this movie it's very, it's it runs straight down the middle of it like a stick of rock, like I've said before. It's like a, it's in the title. There's a message, right? Um, it's not hundred percent what it's all about because it can be about something else also. That's not necessarily that one. Yeah, of course. It can apply to other ones, like I said to you. It could apply to. And I just see, I see it completely different from you. Like, so completely different. I see it as a message, not the Book of Eli. There is an idea behind the good side of humanity, regardless of where you've read it or seen it or heard it or think it or it's been told to you or you've looked through history. And it's very simple. It has nothing to do with the book. No, I don't think so. But the message of the... The message of... The message of that we need something to make us better, I guess, is universal. Like, we need to follow a message or something. Oh, I didn't get that. Well. I didn't. There's two sides to this movie. There's a bad guy and a good guy, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. The bad guy's off the rails. He needs something. The good guy's... On a mission. On a mission, but also a bad guy. I mean, he's he's done some horrible things. Um, And there's a thing, you know, the thing that they they both want. And the thing, the message... What they're trying to say is like that. Thing, this thing can be used for good or bad, and don't let it fall into the wrong hands, and it needs to be preserved. And but in reality, it was already in the wrong hands. So, to my mind, it wasn't the thing that meant is the message. It's a very distilled thing. The one thing he says, ultimately, I won't say it, but you know, you watch it, you'll see for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, this. So, what we're getting at there is, I have a meaning to it. You have a meaning to it. Everybody else will have a different Correct. meaning to it. But no, it's. I don't think it's that ambiguous. To be honest, there might be about two or three things. So you're right, and I'm wrong. I mean, it's not like Twin Peaks, right? You don't come away at the end going, "I don't know what the fuck just happened." <laughs> is my meaning to it like the end of Alan Wake? Okay. It's not that, is it? That's what I'm getting at. Um. You don't watch the ending and go. I like that movie, but I have no idea what happened. Uh, let me make something up. Because it is pretty clear cut. Oh, I disagree. I guess we just see it totally the, in fact, different. The, oh, okay. I found it very clear cut. And in fact, to the point of like, we're going to spell some stuff out to you towards oh, the right. end. I totally disagree. That's so weird. So we've got to watch it now to see what you think. How do you disagree with it not I being clear cut? I just disagree. Did you think it was completely ambiguous? You had 
Not no. ambiguous at all, but it wasn't the thing you're talking about. To me, it's the... Uh, I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about just the story. <laughs> right. No, no particular thing. It's a very straight-up story. Like, that's what I'm getting at. I guess I disagree. I think it's very interpretive. The thing can be interpretive. Yeah. But the story's not. Oh, I disagree. I thought it was a very... I don't understand where you're coming from, but we'll leave it (laughs) at that. We'll discuss it after, so we can do anything. I'll explain to you. I don't want to say to people what it is. All right. Because you got to have your own mind. Think for yourself. So, conclusion to this movie, I recommend it. I highly. Uh, And we've already said that. So, thank you to Warner (laughs) Brothers for the uh, movie. And next week's movie will be Green Zone on Blu-ray, Matt Damon. Um, Contest, you can see the site for details. Movie recommendations, I haven't thought of mine yet, but I will say my first one is Doomsday. Which is very similar to this movie, in a way, but more action-packed. And I don't think we some, could ever make a list of all the things we disagree There with. are some very high similarities, and the biggest one is Malcolm McDowell <laughs> right. appears as the same guy in both of them, almost. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, arguably. No, not arguably. He's, he's pretty much... What? He's not mental in this one. He's no. He's mental in the other one. No, but he's very... He's very in fact, I was like watching this movie. I was like, "Holy crap!" In I'm fact, like, in that one, he wants to like preserve an ancient, oppressive. I'm, I'm not talking. I'm talking about the way he looks. <laughs> oh well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might. You could just take him from one and put him in the other. Is what I'm saying. Except for short and long, and yeah. without the chainmail. And, uh, and my second movie is. Uh, let me just think of it. So Doomsday, and I thought of it earlier. It is. It is, Man <laughs> on Fire. Oh. That's that's an awesome one. Which is a Tony Scott. No, it's not. Another ambiguous. Is that um, Tony or Ridley? No, it's Tony. Tony Scott. Um, Yeah, an awesome. Probably my favorite Denzel Washington movie. It's awesome. It's very. It's really rewatchable, too. If it's ever on, you can watch it over and over again. And mine are. I'm going to start with Night of the Living Dead, which is the original, to me, zombie movie with the hopelessness of, you know humankind what's going to happen if something really horrible and destructive happens and it's a very stripped down basic late 60s view of how humankind would handle some kind of horrible thing and it's also just an awesome creepy movie and my other two are and I'm not saying they're fantastic so don't chuckle and laugh or spit your coffee out when you hear this Waterworld and The Postman now, Postman's actually fantastic Waterworld's not Waterworld's not great at all at all it's no. just the it's if you want another interpretation of what a world is like after some big fallout. The Postman kind of is actually fantastic. Postman is. Uh, it did really badly. don't but think that. No, I think it really is. If you watch it. You and I think it is, but other people don't. So. Yeah. But I think they're I'm both. I'm surprised, though, because, I mean, it has everything. It's like a really good post-apocalyptic movie. Out of all the ones I've seen, it goes really highly up there. Maybe it just didn't have enough action for people. And the so. message, again, is um, communication. The importance of communication and to keep keep it going, like same as this movie, that keeps you from being isolated in a place where you can be oppressed and dominated Hence by the postman. Yep, it was so, good. So those are my recommendations. So uh, games and ascoli stuff for this week. This week I have been playing the game Joe Danger on the PlayStation Network. It's That's a correct. New, um, what would you call it? I have no idea. Sports. I have no what? idea. Just a little cartoon game to me. No, it's not just a little <laughs> cartoon game. It's um, well, it's basically uh, the story of a stuntman who his his stunt career went horribly wrong. Like an evil Knievel dude. Yeah, like a 
fairground stuntman kind of guy. Like, yeah, and his his thing goes horribly wrong, and then you're thrown into the game to repair his career and bring him back, jumping over buses and stuff like that. But it's a bit more than that. I feel like it's kind of like Tony Hawk. It's a cross between Tony Hawk because it's all about getting high scores and linking tricks together and comboing. Um, you're jumping over buses. You're jumping through hoops. You're collecting stars to finish the level it's like old school almost but with like cool new cartoony 3D slash 2D kind of skewed graphics it's kind of interesting when you do a jump it kind of goes into 3D then goes back into 2D so if you've ever played the game Excite Bike on the old Super Nintendo it's kind of like that but with stunts I have not um, so what's the biggest thing about this game though not just the game itself, but the story. Well, the game's made by an independent developer who made the game for a like a contest a couple of years ago, a year ago, and it won the contest and then Sony basically... The same as Flower, if you remember the game Flower on PSN. That was also a guy who won an independent games contest and then Sony gave him money to develop the game into a full product. So I'm assuming Joe Danger, as it was for this competition, wasn't as polished as it is now or big. But the idea was there. So Sony say, well, can you make this into a full thing? And then they go ahead and do it. And I always like to support games like that. This game cost $15. But it's literally huge. It's as big as like, a, you know when you buy a disc game and you expect to get like 20, 30 hours out of it? You will out of this. There's like 12 worlds and then there's like 10 tracks in each of the 12 worlds. And to master it all, get all the high scores and the trophies and these online leaderboards... You'd probably be playing this as long as you would a retail title. So for $15, I think it's kind of a steal, if you know what I'm saying. If you like this kind of action game. And you have a PS3. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing... Yeah, it's exclusive to PS3 um, for a year, and then it will probably be on other, other platforms. But for this year, it will only... Well, for a year from now, it will only be on PSN. Um, so there's that. Second, I wanted to talk about Zappos customer service. I bought a pair of uh, shoes from zappos.com. I think it was the best customer service I've ever received from any, anyone ever. Did Seems like it. What happened was I ordered a pair of shoes from them. They shipped them. Within like three hours, in the middle of the night. And we're talking about free shipping on everything. They shipped them. I got them two days later and they didn't fit. So you go on the website, print out a free label, stick it back on the box, put it back in the mail. I put it back in the mail. The day after... The day after I put it back in the mail, my new pair of correct sized ones arrived. Because you'd gone on the website, reordered. Yeah, they were shipped overnight. And you got a little notice saying... I didn't have to pay for the shoes twice. They were cross-shipped. So they were trusting that I'd sent the other pair back. Which I had. Um, I got a new pair. Like, less than 24 hours of me putting them back in the mailbox. Yeah. And they fit fine and it was a perfect transaction. And tell them what they are. And then there was uh, Twitter. I got a message, an actual personal message on Twitter from their customer service department saying, uh, we noticed that you sent some stuff back. Thanks for... Uh, nice. We hope we dealt with it okay for you. And I was like, yes, we, yes, you did. I'm going to mention Describe you Describe your pocket. shoes to everyone, Mr. 80s man. Oh, they're just um, Adidas uh, Samoa. Most people probably know what those are. I wouldn't know what that is. They're one of the most famous... Uh, Along with Adidas Kick and Adidas Sand. Not everyone worked in a sports store well, selling from, shoes. <laughs> if, you wore, if you wore Adidas shoes in the 80s. What are they called? Samoa. They Samoa. Were, 
Yeah, there was Adidas Samoa, Adidas Samba, and Adidas Kick. Those were the three big pairs of that. In my high school, everybody had either one of those three I pairs. But you guys had wear uniforms. Well, in PE. Right, right. Where right. you wear your trainers. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, everybody in school had those. So um, Adidas Kick were the girls' shoes, and Samoa were like the dudes' ones. My shoes were from Payless, so you know. But anyway, those were sixty dollars, and I've always. I didn't even know they still made them when I saw them I was like yeah I'm going to get them they're all leather they're nice shoes so uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, I also wanted to mention Mediacom our cable provider um, we I think we mentioned on the podcast we got rid of cable television like well, how many months ago oh several like, probably eight months ago at least yeah before the Oscars it's been a while because we didn't have it for the Oscars yeah um, and they sent us a thing in the mail saying do you want free digital cable for 18 months <laughs> And I was saying to you, there's got to be a catch on that. Do you want free digital cable for 18 months? That sounds and the catch too is, good to be true. you got to sign up for it. Make sure that you promise them you will not cancel Mediacom in the next 18 months. Um, the you problem don't have to was, pay anything. I called after we got the flyer, two days later actually, and the guy on the phone said, well, they sent out the flyer, but the boxes aren't ready. So I'll call you back. On Wednesday, I, this was Monday when I called, and no one's ever called back, and that was last. So week. we still haven't got it. No, um, it would be nice to have it because the World Cup, who is my other subject, has already started. <laughs> we watched the England versus USA match yesterday. It was very enjoyable. Um, very. Not the best game. Uh, Loved it. No, I mean it's not as far as football matches go. It's probably not the most exciting game ever. Good team. It was a good game for us opener, and uh, it was a draw. You One. can say that in 2010 you watched. Um, the UK goalie <laughs> totally you can say I was there watching that game when that guy yeah, lost the ball and let bad. it go in uh, and it was a draw one all um, so the bo- now for people who don't watch football slash soccer uh, a tie is apparently a good thing in the World Cup if you if you there's tie. no other sport where you t- can tie at the end someone has to win right in the World Cup well you can't tie in all of the World Cup either you can tie in the opening stages but oh I get it um, there's groups and there's four teams per group and each team plays each team in their group and if it's a draw you get one point if, if you lose you get no points and if you win you get two points so the one so with the in, most points in the world three of points, football sorry, if, you're, you're, if you win you know European football and you just have normal games can you end up with the tie yes Oh wow, that's just weird. Because it, in in somebody no, has to win. In normal football, you you're playing for like what thirty odd weeks, and you get points, and then it's the points at the end of the whole season. A tie will give you a couple. It's of very points. civilized. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know when England in the US. I'm not going to really follow England in the USA. Maybe catch some other matches along the way. But you can watch it for free on ESPN3.com. You have to be. You have to have a cable provider that's kind of signed the deal with them. It just so happens yeah. ours has. But American Games not because they're only on media. Co- ABC. On the, yeah, ABC. Uh, which is what we watched that one on last night. Well, kind of. Uh, <laughs> so, and the last thing, which is probably the most important thing, is E3 is this week. Um, it's kicking off tonight at like eleven o'clock when uh, Cirque du Soleil take the stage um, in Los Angeles. Uh, so. Microsoft have hired Cirque du Soleil to make them an hour-long stage show based on Project Natal, which is their new motion-sensitive... I don't even know what you call it. Input device, right? Mm. It's like a new controller. You're the controller. So 
Cirque du Soleil. It's a camera that maps your movements that you can use then to control what's on the screen. Yeah, and we're not talking just maps your movements. We're, we're talking about minority report. Real, real time. No, not just that. What this project Natal does is real time motion capture. So you know when you see people making games and they've got little dots stuck all over them and the camera sees them and then you see the skeleton on the screen. Well, Project Natal does that to you without you wearing any dots. So it's kind of mind-blowing if it works correctly. Yeah, sounds like a big problem. Do you know what else you can do? And this is mind-blowing to me. When you walk up to the camera, it can detect four people. Like, four people walk up in front of it. It can see all four of you and it knows what sex you are. That's pretty mind-blowing. You know why? Because Bill Gates was on Larry King a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, with his father. Larry King said, what do you see happening in 10, 20 years in technology? And Bill Gates said, and alluded to the fact that it already exists, obviously in his own home and in their test labs, you will walk up to your computer or other devices in your home, refrigerator, whatever. Like, in your home, you'll walk up to devices, they will recognize you, and you'll be able to communicate with them just like when you, you know, he didn't compare it to, but I think of, like, Star Trek. I think Trek, that's you know, how a start on that, right? Right, because it so has voice why. recognition also built in. But he admits, you know, it's a it's a it's a long process. It's new, yeah. Um, I I actually saw an interesting talking to Bill Gates. I saw an interesting interview with him and Steve Jobs sat down this week, and it was from about three or four years ago. And they asked Bill Gates, "What will the future be like?" This was three years ago, and literally what he said was the iPad and the iPhone. He literally. He was. You mean he described them? He described the iPad and the iPhone exactly. He was sat next to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs wasn't really saying anything, but Bill Gates said, and I was watching it, thinking, "This is mind blowing." Like just he, because he he really admires those products, he says, but in their own right now developing because they don't they can't. He says what he wants is a device you can fully interact with. Wherever you go, whatever you want to do, I want to be able to write notes on it and it reads my writing no matter what. I want to go to a meeting or to a barbecue or to anything I want to go to and have this device fully ready to be at my needs. Right? He's still evangelizing. Now, he doesn't the... see that in any products, so he doesn't want to put it out there yet. That's he... why when Larry King's like, you know, what about in, you know Microsoft, you guys coming out with anything? And he's like, look, you know, it's got to be what I want it to be, which is fully interactive and we just aren't there yet it's just not there yet yeah he's tried the ipad he said this was just a few weeks ago so but this and it doesn't do like if i go to a meeting he said i want to be able to get up my pen and write on there and have it not have to still evangelizes the tablet pc i mean because he invented the tablet pc and he's still behind it and most people know that it's not No, he said it's not ready no it's not even though he sells them (laughs) you know i mean you got to have a test audience don't you I yeah. suppose but uh, this was interesting because you know he's he's saying yes your phone will do this your phone will do that and I was listening to him thinking that's what the iPhone does that's what the iPhone does that's what they are and Steve Jobs is sat next to him with his hand <laughs> on his chin was Steve Jobs sat next to him with his hand on his chin three years ago Steve Jobs probably already I mean the iPhone doesn't just appear he'd probably been working on it two, two years already was he sat there thinking can't say anything about this to Bill even like because he's saying what we're doing like he really is saying what we're doing but I'm I'm sure he had to keep shut up there didn't he I mean you Mm. don't say it so it was an interesting conversation because and then I'm thinking well Bill you didn't it's not really an exclusive idea though I mean come on it's you know we're he was talking about we're progressing in technology yeah 
before they existed. Now they're everywhere, right? He was talking about cell phones that can access the internet wherever you are. You don't need, you know, 3G networks. He was kind of talking about, like, you can be anywhere and the internet's on your phone, which it is now, right? Um, he was talking about, like, a 10-inch device, he said, specifically a 10-inch device that is like a tablet that you can just do everything you want to do in your home, like watch movies, or listen to music, write things on, which is essentially an iPad, right? So it was, it was an interesting conversation. You can look it up on YouTube. It's like Steve Jobs... I know it's Bill Gates talks about the iPad is what it's called, and he doesn't specifically name right, the but iPad, but yeah, it's it's interesting conversation. So I don't find that too weird. I mean, they're both techie guys; they're going to come up with shit that everybody wants. I just thought it was funny <laughs> coming from that mouth rather than the other one. Um, so uh, E3 this week uh, kicks off with the Project Natal thing tomorrow morning. Our time will probably be midday. Uh, Microsoft take to the stage for their press conference. Straight after that will be EA's press conference in the afternoon. Tuesday morning will be Nintendo's press conference. Tuesday afternoon will be Sony's press conference. So by Tuesday night, we'll probably know everything there is to know about all video gaming for this fall. Um, so yeah, E3 is this week. You can catch it live um, on G4 TV if you've got cable. All the press conferences are live. Or you can go to game. I go to GameSpot.com. Or you can go to IGN. Doesn't G4 have a website? They do, but you have to buy the cable station to watch. I mean, you have to subscribe to the cable station. Oh. I mean, you can go to the website, but you're not going to see the live shows. All right. You'll see highlighted clips. Not and- everyone's as hungry as you for all those details, but anyone who's as into anybody's into video games will be watching this week. In fact, the world's eyes will be on that. Anybody in this industry will be looking. So um, I think people are hungry to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's what it literally is. I've said to you as a video gamer, there's two year, two weeks in the year that are awesome. One of them's in fall when all the games come out. Like they literally all come out in one week. It's amazing. And there's E3 week. I just feel, games come out all the time, babe. No, there's like this specific week in November. Well, no, before November, October, where everything comes out. Like all the big games, Rock Band Three this year, Halo Reach. Right. They all come in a specific big clump. It's within a two-week period at least. That's the most amazing time of the year for gaming. Um, but E3 is also the most amazing time because this week we're going to know a lot. There's going to be lots of surprises. Let's say that next week I'll be talking about games that we didn't even know existed today. Nice. That's what I'm saying. So. Uh, and then lastly so next week there'll be lots of E3 talk lastly the World Cup um, which we already talked about we'd watched but it's still going on until the 11th of July so um, catch your favourite team Uh, it's mainly on ESPN but you can watch it online and I like watching you know sports is too much of a commitment to me I'm never going to be devoted to a team or to a sport of any kind because I don't get any you know but once in a while not every four years. I'll watch one or two of the games, and I think it's quite... I like that it's 90 minutes. It never stops. It's... I thought... I thought people say to me... Um, it's a little more civilized than most games, I think, I don't. Me. And 90 minutes doesn't seem like 90 minutes when you watch a football match. No. It goes very quickly. I find 10 minutes just flies, like, and you're like, oh, is it that time already? Um, it just flies by. It's crazy. So, because we watch... Your computer just went to sleep. It did. You know why? Because it was uh, you'd not touched the mouse for long. So no, long. I just touched it a couple minutes ago. Interesting. That's very weird. 
So, uh, yeah, Oi. so that's everything for this week. Next week, there'll be lots of E3 talk, so be prepared for a massive show. <laughs> Excellent. What does that mean? Excellent. I'll, I'll be silent probably throughout a lot. Well, no, because you'll be watching it this week. I won't be watching E3 with you every minute. No way, no way. You'll see in a fact, lot of in the past, I think you prefer those couple years when I went to a, a work thing. My, you'll see, it, out you'll of see the house, E3 this week. And you were like. Just wallowing in E3. Every time I did communicate with you, but oh, I want to talk to you, babe, but I'm going to go because so-and-so is going to be talking about something, something. So then I'd be like, okay. Oh, I'll watch the press conferences <laughs> this week in absolute silence because they're my favorite. It's, I know. It's just amazing watching the press conferences because, like, they do roll stuff out and you go, I had no idea this was coming. It's, like, exciting as hell, you know? I mean, I know Project, Project Natal's coming, but I said to you, I'm not sold on it because I haven't seen what it can do. This week, I hopefully will see what it can do, right? So, right. That will maybe stimulate interest in stuff like that to me, but we'll see. So fair enough. So what have you got for this week? I don't have anything really except what's for dinner, and I've made some uh, pasta. I'm gonna have some broccoli and <laughs> some ah sausage rolls. What's pasta rolls. Pasta and sausage rolls. Oh, well. and the sausage isn't sausage. It's Morningstar maple flavored uh if you like sausage patties see i was used to be a meat eater and i always like sausage rolls they're like a, a british thing really they're it's puff pastry. It's sausage and puff pastry baked in the oven and they're very greasy and, and very, delicious and i've always loved sausage rolls and there was this one pasty shop called greenhouches that sold sausage rolls and i used to go and get one when i was in my 20s every day for lunch i'd go and grab one they were pretty cheap and they tasted really good but the only thing that bugged me about them is they leave all this greasy residue around your mouth. You feel like you've, you're greased up for the rest of the yeah. day. Now, these vegetarian sausage rolls taste identical to me. Because this vegetarian sausage meat tastes like sausage meat. Yeah, I said to you, star. it's not really about meat for me. It's about the sage yep. and the thyme and the, the, the herbs in it. It tastes identical, but there's... So these are sausage rolls without any grease. Yeah, in fact, you make can probably... Make a bigger one today, I was going to say. I will. You can also probably make the filling with some other vegetable, like some sweet potato or something, and put those seasonings in it. These are they're perfect. excellent, though. I mean, Morningstar, they're not vegan or anything. And I was they thinking have... last night, to dip them in a little bit of brown sauce would be even better. Well, I'll make you some then. Hmm. But they're really good. It's just puff pastry, and then uh, take a couple Morningstar little sausage patty things. And when we say it's meatless, so they're made out of other things. Vegetables, wheat, know. gluten. No, nah, we don't anymore, but it's been a long Unless time. Unless you love grease. <laughs> you and put then you're grease like, where's in, the grease in this? You can put grease in it if you want. <laughs> but they're absolutely... I make them bite-sized, but you want a bigger one. But they're really delicious. And I made some... I got some of the... We said we're going to try some of the whole wheat kind of multigrain pasta. So that's what I made. And I'm skeptical because I think it's going to taste a little bit like cardboard. But we're going to eat it. <laughs> and broccoli and I haven't decided what else yet So um, I don't really have anything else to say this week Well, uh, so my mother's coming to visit tonight so that'll be nice alright so I want to go and get on the treadmill So <laughs> uh, and I'm sweating in here are you? yes yeah, really Aww. Um, so, yeah I, I think it's probably 80 degrees in this room so uh, thanks for listening to the show so next week's show will be long I, I can assure you it will be long because we're watching a Matt Damon movie, which we'll probably like. Yeah. And uh, E3 happened. So, tune in next week. And whatever week. else happens to in our lives between now yeah. and then. Um, and some football. Unless there's apocalypse. Football will probably post apocalyptic. <laughs> we'll have a post-apocalyptic show. I'm sure the USA or England will have played by then also, again. So, um, I think it's this end of this week. So, um, 
Thanks for listening. I want to remind you about the website, sayscully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, which now has a new page. You don't have to install iTunes. Mm. iTunes has this, uh, if you go to apple.com slash iTunes, there's, a pay- there's an after-the-show page nice. actually on Apple, so you can find it on there. I found it this week. So you can just listen on your computer if you want. You can also just listen from your website. Yeah, you can. It's like the page in iTunes, but on your web browser. So you can look at that. Um, I found it this week. I kept Hits were coming from it. And I was looking in my stats. And I was like, what is this page? And I went there and it, that's what it was. It was nice. like iTunes preview page or something. But it was our page. So um, yeah, you can go there. You can go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast, listen to the podcast on the page. Listen to all 126, I'll get it right this week, episodes. They're all up there, all available. Um, and you can email feedback to me at ascoliascoli.com. Don't email SidTalk, because... Because I give up. I offered you all a free banner and nobody emailed me, so... Well, less work for you. Party banner. It's not work, it's fun. Less fun for you. Nobody, no, nobody who listens to the show wants a nice big paper hand-drawn. They're quite good, I must say. I think they're good. <laughs> no one's ever complained. <laughs> but that's fine. Somebody might ask Don't you ever email me, ever. No matter what you want. Because <laughs> as far as you are, SidTalk's email address has been in an apocalypse. Correct. It doesn't work anymore. It is, yes. So, um, yeah, stay classy, um, Eli. Mm. Spread the word. Mm-hmm. And, a good uh, word. And I'm going to say... In a theme, I don't know if it's in the theme of this movie necessarily, but think for yourself, or someone will use something to do your thinking for you. 